Recently on aboard the Opal Star, the party was able to successfully protect and secure the medicine needed by the Volna on Rakura. The flight proved mostly uneventful aside from near encounter with the rich man's security forces, but Spectre reminds him that he owes her and the party is allowed to pass through. Now they have safely arrived at their destination. Okay, so you planned you disembarked. Holly's already got all the medicine loaded onto some floating dollies that she's easily able to get out of the cargo bay. As you all get out, you notice stepping out of the woods are four Volna. It's kind of like they weren't there and then suddenly they were. Alright. The feeling they're kind of good at being the sneaky. Space elves. Fun. Hmm. Vi is a little put off by this because she's also very sneaky and it's like she doesn't appreciate being snuck up on. But well, like, it's not okay. like they peer behind you. They like they're just they they're stepping like directly in front. Like they're still a distance away, but you're sort okay. of able to see them as they step out of the trees. They are very finely dressed. Two of them look vaguely more lion, and two of them look slightly more tiger. Question that I should have had before, but I didn't for some reason. Um, when we were doing research on these people, are they relatively reclusive? As in, they don't really talk to very many people in the Alliance? It's not as much as they're reclusive as they are still relatively one of the newer races to join, but they've been becoming more and more involved, so it's... It's not as much that they're reclusive, but also, like, in looking up their history, you see that they've almost been wiped out before. So some of them do kind of try and spread out the location of their clans, and they can be a little good at making it harder to find them in certain situations, but they are not cutting themselves off from the outside world. Reasonably new. Yeah. As in, like, they've probably been apart for several generations. They've already been in for several generations? Yeah, it's just they're the most recent race. Or one of the more recent races next to the Prometheans who joined not long after they split from humanity. Gotcha. Which was around the creation of the Federation, which is old. I just haven't decided how old yet. The Federation's some form has been around for a while, just not as long as the Alliance has. Also, the Alliance has changed quite a bit since. Then I am using my fake face. Okay. You don't know if you have any ends in this particular colony. That's fair. So, two of the four start approaching closer, and they're the more kind of lion looking ones. The male. He doesn't have the full-on mane, but his head does look a little fluffier. And the female walks along beside him, and the two more tiger ones are flanking them to the left and the right, and they're approaching a couple steps behind. And Spectre starts walking forward and just gestures for the rest of you to follow her. As she and Tali start walking forward, and Tali's pushing the floaty push cart with the medicine on it. Does everyone follow? Yeah. How did y'all bring with you? It would have been explained that it's okay if you want to bring your weapons. But I don't know what you guys would decide to bring with you. I'm in, I'm in full normal kit. Yeah, all of Vi's stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
basically like her bag and stuff and weapons, yeah. Okay, wearing some of the new clothes you bought, maybe, or the basic armor stuff. I mean, I don't know. At least in my case, Vi always has her trench coat with her. She probably has different clothes under it, but yeah. Trench coat's her thing. She it, it, It's like her security blanket, her safety blanket. She doesn't go anywhere without it. Yeah, and that is her armor jacket, so yeah. <laughs> that too. For a couple different reasons, she does not like leaving without it. Everyone else is same level of armed and armored. That's fine, because you know this tall inspector both have some basic armor on as well as some weapons. I don't remember what all their weapons are. Spectra's got, um, she's got her pistol, and I think she also has the saber with her, and Holly is also armed, and as they walk up and the two uh, more lion people approach, there's a brief greeting back and forth in Balna for Spectra says something and she kind of nods her head to the two of you, and Wait, the two of you, the three of you, I can math, <laughs> she nods her head to the three of you. I had to do a lot of math last night, I'm sorry. Someone paid for like a $49 object with two fives and the rest were ones. What? Ooh. So she nods to the, th- the three of you and there's a pause and then the man nods and starts saying common. We thank you for bringing this medicine to us. We, Our communications officer informed us that it was an interesting tale. We very... Very much appreciate your kindness. My name is Osex, and this is my wife. He nods to the woman next to him, and her name is Korshi. We would like to humbly welcome you to a dinner back at our colony as a way to repay you for this kindness. Word silence. <laughs> I'm letting Spectra take the lead on this, so I just don't want to like, speak for everyone. In that case, Spectra will respond. Of course, we would be honored. The man nods and his wife steps forward and says, The honor is all, all ours. If you brought to Mount Salon, we were very much hoping you would say yes. You notice that they were both kind of wearing a few necklaces. But like, she picks up one, you realize it's a sort of a whistle. And when she blows on it, you see these creatures stepping out of the woods. And I'm sure y'all have seen horses. So they, they, they look like horses. Except for when you look closer, it's like the hair is a lot shorter. They have a sort of bony carapace on the front of their face. Aside from that, they look friendly and they start to slowly walk up and you see four of them don't have any sort of saddles or reins but there are several others that come out that do have like a basic saddle and a basic sort of reins and she gestures to you that you can pick whichever one of them you would like to ride as she and the other members of their tribe don't typically need the help with them but she's also aware that you are not as familiar with these creatures as they are. So they all get onto theirs and wait to see how you guys get onto yours and it should be fun. Oh me. Is it still called animal handling? 
No, but I had a feeling you do that. I think it. Hmm. There isn't an animal. Fairly certain it's xenobiology. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, xenobiology. That sounds right. Let's go with xenobiology. Yeah, because yeah. medicine is its own thing. Yes. This could go very badly. All right. Uh, 21. That's a six. <laughs> Verda, you approach one. It immediately likes you, and you're able to hop on with no problem. Mm-hmm. I'm like being nice with it. I'm like like petting it and rubbing its its head before I... I'm, like, talking to it before before I actually try to get on. It, it's very warm and a lot softer than you expected. <laughs> I might lead into the rubbing a little bit more. Not, like, fluffy soft. It's, it's like, a silky soft, and it, do, it does have a... It has a mane. Ooh. It feels... Horses' manes are typically, like, thick and coarse. I don't know if Farrah's ever actually been on a... Well, maybe you've been on a horse before. It still feels, like, thick and sturdy, but it's a lot smoother than you would expect. And Vi, you got a six? Yeah. The first one you approach just immediately starts walking away. It does not like you. Okay. Would you like to roll again to try with another one? Because there's basically a small herd of these. Okay. Is it- does it seem just uninterested? Or scared, or what? You just get the feeling like it's... Cause you know how sometimes certain animals just don't like certain people? Yeah. Something about the way you approached it, it just does not like you. With your passive perception, you can probably see how Ferda was able to approach and sort of win the other one's trust. So if you want to try with another one, okay. uh, I'll let you do it with advantage. Oh, good. Because I just rolled another six. So it would have been a seven, so thank you. Please. Uh, an eight. Mm-hmm. I just get on the floating car or something. This one doesn't start packing away immediately, but you just kind of can tell by the look in its eye. It's not having it. And hang on, let me see if anyone else has noticed. <sighs> I mean, do you want to ask for help? Let's give it one more try. Let's see how bad it goes. One more time. Okay. Anima, what did you get? I'm just gonna walk. I got a four. Would you like to try again? Sure. I mean, that one, it goes like it's gonna bite you before trotting off to the other side of the clear space. Let's try that one again. Are these animals not herbivores? I'm concerned now. Horses will bite you. Yeah, okay, yeah. Horses will absolutely bite you. Horses are also omnivores. Wait, what? Horses are not... Well, I mean, I guess if they have to be, they could maybe eat meat, but... Oh, uh... that's much better. That's an 18. I'm gonna say Sigmund might be one of the slightly larger ones. Yeah! It just walks right up to you. After seeing you scare the other one off, you just feel this weird sort of, like, nuzzling sensation on your back and you turn up you turn around and it's just right there staring at you oh oh hello that's actually a thing horses do they quote-unquote scratch each other with their upper lip and it's a sign of affection and it's really creepy when it happens to you and you're not expecting it yeah suddenly something rubbing your back yeah anima you are able to get on with no problem Okay, let's see how 
I got a 13 this time, so I'm improving. Okay, so with your third one, it it takes some convincing, but you're able to, like, get up to it, and you edit a bit. You look over, and you see Tali's letting one sort of snip her hand, and you let yours do that, and it, it takes a couple minutes, but you're finally able to convince it to let you get on. Okay, alright. And, uh, Spectra... It also takes her a minute, but she's able to convince it to let her get on, and for Tali... Tully's also able to, like, once it's had time to sniff her hand, she's able to get on. The others are just kind of, like, watching you guys. Some of you have no trouble. The others of you are struggling. Alexis, you might need to get new dice or put those in jail. Well, yeah. Well, the thing is, that was the one that was rolling the higher of the three. So, yeah. I have 3d20s and they all hate me. I know that pain. Yeah. It was in one campaign of the year before my character could hit anything. Mm. So once you're all settled, well, then Talia is able to... Uh, actually, no, I think the, the two more leopard-looking ones, they take their space horses over and sort of flash the floating cart onto the back of the horses and start pulling it alongside. Their names are... Roderick is the male. And... Senno is the woman. So your horses kind of automatically start following along as Sakes and Corshi start leading the way. Anyone have a particular marching order they want to be in? Like, who wants to go first? Following them. I'll probably be going first. Okay. Imagine Spectra's kind of sticking up with them as well. I'm deferring to the other more senior members of the crew in front of me, obviously. And who's after Farida? I'll go. Yeah, so it's Farida, Vi, and then the two with the medical supplies are going to go in the middle, and Tali's going to go alongside them, just sort of kind of trying to keep it in the middle of the pack. Because, you know, better sense than sorry. And Anima, you don't, do you mind bringing up the back? I'm bringing up the rear. And it's a pretty peaceful ride. The trees around you are just huge and ridiculously tall. And there's lots of, like, vines and bushes. And you can tell they probably travel this path a lot because it looks well-worn. That's how you're able to sort of get through without any problems. If you didn't know better, you'd think it was sort of like a natural animal trail. So as you're traveling along, what are y'all doing? I guess I could roll a perception check. See what I see. Okay, roll a perception. I'm also going to roll one. Okay. What dice has been nice to me this afternoon? It's not evening, it's afternoon. Oh, yay! last time, so we'll see what you do this time. What'd you get by? 22! Nice! I'll also go in on the perception. Okay. Oh, that's a 22. Okay. Anima, what'd you get? Four. Your horse is really cool. Anima, you were very distracted by the fact that you were on an alien horse, and it's soft. So you just keep sitting there petting it. I've pet my horse. 
Ted's head bobs up back and forth. I kind of like look back at you every once in a while, and it's it's a little weird looking, but you love this horse. <laughs> <laughs> You're just like oh, I like this. <laughs> but Ferda and Violina, would either of y'all's characters have ever had reasons to spend a lot of time out in the woods? Depends on what the woods look like on our home planet. When she was much younger, yeah, I spent some time in the woods. Like, I imagine both of you spent time playing in whatever constituted as woods. You've never been anything as dense as this forest, though, even when you were going to go deal with the rabid bears. So you are hearing all these various different sounds of insects and birds and, like, small creatures scurrying around. You also notice that there appear to be some shapes just kind of watching you hopping from tree to tree. And when you look, you can tell they're also Volna. Hmm. Just, like, one or two of them. And I'll be insight. Both of you. Please be nice. Ooh. Good lord. 24. Hmm. Dirty 20. As you're watching how they seem to be reacting and following you, they don't seem to be paying as much attention to the group as they are, like, looking around at what's off in the distance. So it's less of their spying on you and more of their... They're there to alert if something big and scary starts coming your way. They're high enough up in the trees to where they can and here for a distance. Okay. And with a planet that does not have a lot of population on it, and with the stories of, like, some of the fauna being a little aggressive at times if you get too close to it, you get the feeling it's a security measure just in case some like something starts wandering that could be potentially dangerous, so they get alert the group and possibly go call for backup if it's something really big. But they seem mostly black. Well, actually, no, you wouldn't know that. They seem very alert. But you you don't know if that's sort of their normal state of being. But you also get the feeling that this is something that they normally do anytime whenever they are receiving visitors or there are people traveling outside of the camp. Especially people that you guessed are as important as the people who came out to greet you. And as you're walking, Tully's quietly speaking to you over the comms. Just sort of like a heads up about, yeah, just so you guys know, there's going to be a really big feast. And you can tell she's speaking quietly, but it's so the people next to her maybe can't hear her. But it's loud enough that you're able to hear it through the comms. Try and not eat everything. It's a cultural thing of theirs, so they're, they're going to pre- prepare a pretty big feast from what I gather. However big it is, try and not eat all of it, because sometimes they, they might take it as a sign uh, that what they have was not enough to satisfy you, so try and leave some behind and... It's a sign of respect thing. I probably sort of messaged her back very quietly. So, specifically, you want us to, like, leave things on our plates or just, like, on the platters that the food would be served on? It's okay if you clean your 
plate, but don't eat everything that's on all of the platters. Also, they may ask you to leave things such as shoes and weaponry at the door. That's also a sign of respect thing. I don't know if they have any other traditions. My drones slide in under my collar and just kind of vanish. Since they're just the size of coins, they're barely noticeable. She's going to be like, if it's like a knife or something, it should be fine. But it's, it once again, sign of respect to that. Because their logic is that you are safe in their home. And if you are super armed in their home, it shows that you don't trust that they will protect you in their own home. They might have other things. Just kind of all with it. Don't go poking around their house. They can be kind of private about personal home stuff. So if you need something like the bathroom, just ask. Don't go poking around. It'll be fine. They're pretty understanding if there's like a slip up or something. Just, just a heads up. Does anyone else want to do something or say something? And are you just going to keep petting your new horse friend? Petting my friend. I'm making a friend. Anima's making a new friend. Anima has made a friend. Has Anima came up, come up with a name for the new friend? No. I mean, I assume we're not going to be here very long, and if I get it, if I name it, I'll get attached. I can't bring him with me. Like, I kind of recommend against trying to smuggle a horse aboard a, sp- aboard a spaceship. Yeah, no. No. Also, I don't know... It was not had probably not had a pet before, so like why the f- why you know? Does anybody even know what the concept for pet is? I don't know. Well, I don't know. You you've probably heard people talking about like getting weird pets for their kids. You're aware of it, and you've never had one, so you don't know what having a pet looks like. Yeah. Also, this is not my pet. This is their animal. So. You're just gonna sit there enjoying it. I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna spend time with my new friend. And that's it. Anima has no idea that anything's going on. Well, you would have heard Tali on the cops. Yeah, I would have heard that, but like... Mm. You don't know that there's Volna in the trees. Just just keeping an eye. Nope. Hi, Farida. Y'all wanna do anything or say anything? I don't think I'm just listening. Yeah, no, we're just listening, looking around. I may occasionally sort of glance over at where the scouts are looking, but I'm not really expecting to see anything that- to see a lot of what they're seeing. I will missive back to Vi, who is doing this- the research on this group of people, and ask, how are these people related with magic? Do they like it? Do they tolerate it? Is it better to act like I don't do magic? So they know an Esper can be dangerous, but they also accept that it is a natural part of life as the Crucibles, as strange as they may be, are a part of the order and way the universe works. Okay. So it's, they aren't afraid of it, but they do have a respect for it. Alright, I can work with that. They know that it can be dangerous, because what wiped out most of them might have been magic-related. I don't remember exactly what the book said. I'll have to go back and find it. But it has also proved helpful for them, so 
at one point they may have been more suspicious of it, but like how with how they have started adopting technology, they have accepted that espers exist and that they can be a good thing. It's just like they know that someone with espers can be dangerous, but they also know someone without them could also be dangerous. So it's respect it. They're not afraid. You don't feel like they're going to have an issue with Verita's particular brand of magic, as long as she doesn't accidentally shatter a door. That's not on the schedule for today. Yeah. Okay, so I relate that to Verita. You'll see her just kind of nod. Verita just randomly nodding to absolutely <laughs> nothing. I mean, we're kind of on horses, so we're all kind of nodding anyways. <laughs> also, for context, the scouts that you saw that are kind of like on both sides of the path. Oh, okay. It's not like it's watching it. They're watching anything in particular. It's just like an honor guard kind of thing. Okay. As you're walking, you see Spectre is making polite conversation with the two up in the front. Feels like less than half an hour, and you notice the horses have stopped, and they all just kind of automatically fan out in a rough sort of line. And everyone rolled perception. That's gonna be a three for me. You see nothing. Fifteen. I also rolled a So, Vi, you can tell that the Valna are looking at something, but you can't really notice anything in the surrounding area. Like, if you stare long enough, you can see what you think might be shapes and outlines of things. You can't really pick anything out of the woods around you. And for a couple seconds, you have no idea why you have stopped and fanned out. Is it something in front of us? Is it to, like, the sides? They're looking straight ahead. Okay, then I'll mental missive uh, Spectra and go, Do you know why we've stopped? Uh, I can barely see some sort of vague shapes, but... Is something going on? You get a response back. Waiting for the scouts to finish with the perimeter check. Anyone else have a reaction to the random stopping? Yeah, I'd like to, you know, go on alert. See what's up. Okay. Anima? Mm, it's probably fine. <laughs> Question nothing, except everything. After Spectra tells me, I'll relay it to Fairdun Anima that it's a perimeter check. So you all hear Vi's voice in your head letting <laughs> you know that. But you're still not 100% sure what's going on. And after about another 30 seconds, there's a really soft thump as one of the Vonda scouts that you saw kind of hopping around, or at least you think it's one of them, they weren't, you couldn't quite see details. It's another one that looks more like a leopard, except the fur is darker, so it doesn't quite look like a panther, but it looks really close. And he just kind of nods, and of course she looks back and he says, Welcome to our home. She makes a gesture, and you all just sit and watch as Vi, where some of the places you thought you saw vague shapes you watch is like it almost feels like these it looks like buildings but when you look closer you can see they're made out of like tent like material just start appearing 
And Vi, since you've probably dealt with some sort of camouflage before, you get the feeling that they deactivated whatever sort of camouflage was hiding the tents. Okay. It's not like ramshackle tents. These are like very well constructed permanent livings, but it's in that like it's got <laughs> I'm good with words. But when you look, they're made of a sort of like fabric material. And there's a bigger one in the center. There are some smaller ones that look more like they might be personal homes. There's some that are open in the front where it looks like it might be kind of shops. There's one that has some... The second nothing happens, but then like once the camouflage comes off and all the buildings appear, you hear the sort of buzz and it's... It's a bit like a glittering dome kind of appears as they reactivate whatever sort of shield they have that's protecting their city. I don't know if it's quite city size, but there's an impressive collection of tents here. And as the camouflage comes down, you see Valna stepping out to see what is going on. There's also a larger tent off to the left where you get the feeling based off of sort of the way the people stepping out of it are dressed and the fact that through the open tent flap you can see there are a lot of cots. You get the feeling that that is the hospital. And Audric and Sinno, who had the medicine, immediately start sort of pulling off to that way, and Tully follows. She just says over her shoulder, I'm going to help them get the medicine prepared and start treating those that are really bad. I'll join you out later. Spectra just nods and says, Just remember, don't get in the way of Tali. Well, no, you won't. So, Tali's going off to help administer medicine, because it, it's definitely her thing. Or she, you know, says, gesture towards the central tent as they dismount from their horses and pat them, and the horses kind of nod and go off to, you sort of see, it's fenced-in area. There isn't really a gate. It's just kind of like an open spot. It's less of a they are keeping the horses in there as they have marked off that place as being the horse's place. And there's also a little tent structure that you see is completely open on one side so they can go in and out of it like a stable. And so once they dismount and our horses just immediately start going over there. And Spectra also dismounts and kind of gestures for you guys to do the same. Oh no. Hello, Peter. Yep. Give your horse one last loving pat, Anima, and it just kind of reaches over and does the little scratchy thing on your arm. On my arm, or does it like snuffle in my hair? Yeah, it just, it just gives you like a little affectionate little fuzzle. Um, or trotting off. My new friend. Farida, Anima, uh, not Farida, not Anima, Violina, you both getting off? Yeah. You sound very nervous about that. I'm just worried about having to do another roll and it ending badly. I mean, I wasn't going to make you do another roll, but you'd like to do another roll? Now I'm good, but thank you for asking. <laughs> These horses are pretty chill, so... It was just because I had so much trouble getting onto the horse. Or getting the horse to like me enough 
So, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'll get off quietly. I'll gently sort of pat its neck and let it go back to a friend. Just, it just kind of gives you a nod, stares at you for a second, and just shakes its head and trots off. I'm guessing, Faraday, you just slide off and give it a pat. I've been, like, muttering to it this whole time, so <laughs> it's probably like, I'll see you in a bit. Have you just been having a one-sided conversation with your new horse friend? Yes. Got anything in particular? No, not really. Just about it being cute. <laughs> it's also going to give you a little nuzzle before it runs off. It just kind of tosses its mane a little bit. And so as the, you kind of start gathering around where Spectra, Corshi, and Osakes are... Osakes gestures towards the large tent and says, We have prepared a feast for you. It would be our honor if you would join us. You have done us a great service that we couldn't begin to repay. Spectra just sort of gives him a, not a full-on bow, but it's just like sort of bows her head towards him and says, The honor is ours to have been able to help. Oh, we echo the, the, the captain's gesture. Yeah, I'd say follow Spectra and sort of nod while she says the honor was ours. Me too, yeah. Alright, so you all start heading towards the main tent. With the tree cover, you notice it does feel a little darker, but you can tell, like, the sun is still up, so it's not, like, hard to see. Uh, you also know, like, it's it's about dinner time. I mean, like, a little bit of an early dinner, but it is time for the food. You've had a bit of an interesting day today. And you notice that there are people kind of poking their heads out and watching you and a certain nod and respect. Some of them seem very genuinely happy to see you. You see some children kind of poking their head out of tent flaps, you know, getting out from behind their parents. There's one stack of crates that you guys carry food. You see a couple little furry faces poking up from behind them, just watching you with big wide eyes. It's, it's, it's little children and you are visitors and one of you is blue. <laughs> and they're just fascinated by this. Another one is gray. Did you figure I'm dark gray? <laughs> yeah. So they seem to be fascinated by all of you and Ferdo, you like, even though your hair color looks slightly different when you have your face on, it's still really long and wavy, so they're just, like, staring, just kind of watching, staring, eyes really wide, like, ooh, cool new people. <laughs> and as you walk in, you see Spectra goes in before you, and she takes her weapons and places them all in this, like, a little sort of cubby hole kind of thing. It's like a shoe organizer, except for the holes go back farther and you see her carefully arranging her weapons in one. She also slips her shoes off. And there is like a little sort of square divot in the ground that has water. And you see that Corsino Sakes have already sort of dipped their feet in the water and shook it off. So you see... Spectra, sure, she takes her shoes off, she does the same thing, then sort of steps on a towel and gives y'all a look, saying, let's go with it. Following suit. Alright, 
So you guys all follow suit. Does anyone keep any of their weapons on them, or we get rid of all of it? I don't really carry very many, so yeah, I don't keep anything. Okay. Well, Vi puts down saber, pistol, and her combat knives. Yeah. Not keeping anything, I'm getting rid of all of it. You each put your weapons in a cubby and go to get settled. And you might have been a little concerned when Tully said, don't eat everything that's on the table, because, like, you you don't know how much food they have prepared. You see how much food's on the table? All concern goes out the window. It's it's a pretty nice feast that they've got. They've got platters of fruits, like freshly cooked vegetables, rolls, a little bit of everything. A lot of stuff that you don't know what it is, you've never seen it before. But it all smells really, really good. And Spectra has already taken a seat. Horshi is the one that takes the spot at the head of the table, and Osage sits off to her left. She has gestured for Spectra to sit to her right. And as you walk in and try and figure out where to sit, she says that you can sit wherever you feel the most comfortable. And I, except for I think, spot next to Osakes has been safe for Tali, but wherever you guys would like to sit, probably like a seat away from the captain, leaving room for Tali. I'm gonna sit next to Farida. I guess I'll sit. I'll sit next to Anima. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Just all in sitting row. in a row. Anima is the middle. <laughs> The tank is in the middle. <laughs> you put the tank in the middle, yep. Good spot for me. <laughs> so you can just put your arms out and shove both of them behind you if you need to. Super duper, yeah. When there's one tank, the middle is the best spot because then they can go wherever they need to. Yeah. That is true. You're sitting for a few minutes and Audric and Sino come in so- shortly after you all have gotten yourself situated and they sit next to Osakes facing you. About two or three minutes later, Tali comes in because she was able to help treat all the ones who were most affected and so the doctors had a handle on it and they just very politely shoot her out to go join the dinner. You can see there's a couple other spots prepared at the table but people have not arrived yet if you guys want to chat about anything or ask anything. No, we'll just wait politely and maybe look at what drinks we're having. Engage in polite conversation, but I can't think of anything to ask. I'm in guest mode. I'm not trying to do anything. <laughs> okay, well, as you're saying there, you see that Corshi and Spectre are in a conversation. It's kind of a hushed conversation. Subtly trying to listen to all the conversations that are around me, so yeah. When Andrik and Seno come in, they start talking to Osakes about how medicine is good. It's already helping those who were most affected. They're letting the doctors handle how to continue distributing it amongst the people as well as rationing out for any sort of recurrences that happen. You get the feeling that this illness is recurring. Like It's not something that's like constantly happening, but it's something they've been through before. So they've already got a thing in place. It just might have taken them a little longer than they're used to to get the medicine. But they said everyone's going to be alright and 
Tally seem, is very, very happy to hear that. But as you look over at Spectra and Corshi, it's... Whoever's kind of watching that conversation, roll me an insight. Insight? Or perception. Whichever's better. I would also probably be listening around once she saw that it was a sort of hush-hush conversation. Ooh. I didn't roll great on that. You said insider perception? Yes. If we can go with passive again, it would be still a 16 for perception. Okay. And fair enough, what'd you get? Ooh. Or on insight, or since we seem to be using passive perception, that's going to be a 12. Okay. As you're watching that conversation, of course she seems more inquisitive, directed towards Spectra. And there's just like a moment where Spectra pauses and then her eyes go wide and you're seeing comment. So, you were the one who hired me for that job. I didn't realize. It's so good to see you're doing well and I'm glad I was able to help. Tully kind of perks up at this and looks around and she says, What are you talking about? Spectra looks at her and replies, Remember when we were... We're helping recover a lost artifact that had been mistakenly taken by someone who to whom it did not belong, so we helped return it to the owners, but we didn't have direct contact with them. That doesn't narrow it down. Vonlatotum. <laughs> oh yeah, I remember that one. Wait, you're telling me we it was this tribe's totem? Yes, yes. Or she responds, Yes, we were very much in need of help because that was an incredibly important item to our people and our tribe, as well as the Volna as a whole. It's an item that represents our tribe's connection to our people, and we were devastated when it was taken. It was beyond amazing that we were able to get it back, and I didn't realize that you've saved our people more than once now. It was no trouble. I, there's no way we weren't going to help. Oh, but you've earned this feast even more. You've done us a great service. And I pray we're still waiting for the children to show up. They tend to take the time, but they should be here soon. Thanks, can you check on them? Before Osakes can respond, you hear the pitter-patter of feet as you see a couple. They're not as young as some of the children you saw earlier. They look closer to, you would guess, like, teenage-ish. They scamper and like, Sorry, Mother. Sorry, Father. We didn't mean to be late. And then they just stop and stare at you guys, but they realize you're there. I'll just smile away a little bit. They grin sheepishly and just sort of, like, settle under the seats and you see Corshi just looking at them, like, suddenly remember we were going to have guests tonight. They were the ones who helped deliver the medicine. Yeah, of course! One of them says, well, the other one is just kind of refusing to make eye contact, while also being very distracted by the gray-skinned, purple-eyed, red-haired lady in front of him. <laughs> Anima, you're used to people back in the Federation kind of looked at you like you were some kind of weird freak. You're not getting that vibe. This kid seems fascinated by you. 
you are strange and you are wonderful to them. Of course, she says, Well, now that we have everyone here, I believe it is time to eat and eat your fill. So there is a huge banquet spread out in front of you. There is a variety of drinks. One that's kind of more tea-like. There's one that's a little more fruity. There's the equivalent of wine. Or some form of alcohol. Not particularly strong alcohol, but it is available. And there's also sort of water, which you guys can pick what it is you would like to drink. As well as whatever on this giant table full of all kinds of things that you would like to try. Like I said, some of it seems familiar, and there's some like there's some meat on the table, but some of it looks rather odd. So, who's going to be adventurous and try something new and strange-looking? Okay, I'm gonna start with the thing that looks most unfamiliar. Okay, I'm not going to put a lot of it. I'm just going to like, like a few bites. Fruit, a vegetable, or meat? I don't know. Whatever looks weirdest. As you're looking for the weirdest thing, there's one thing. You can't tell if it's a fruit, a vegetable, or a meat or not. Oh no. Oh no. (laughs) I have made a mistake. (laughs) Just give me a straight d20 roll. Oh shit. (laughs) Eleven. As you bite into this, it's not the best thing you've ever eaten. It's not bad. Like, you're able to cut off a piece of it, and then you try that. Like, it's got kind of like a gummy texture that's got a really weird mouthfeel. The taste isn't particularly strong. And it's just... It's not bad, but it's also not great. And Tali just looks over at you as you eat that, and she's like, Oh. I'm for the weird stuff. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much what I want to do is take, like, just a little taste of everything. Okay. That's what I want to do. Starting with the weirdest stuff and ending with the stuff that's most familiar. Because I like different stuff. Like, I'm going to try as much as I can. Because I like like food. (laughs) Yeah, this is probably the widest spread of food you've had access to. Yeah. I want to know. I'm curious. I'm not going to take, like, too much of anything. Just a spoonful. And then if I really like something, I'll take just a little bit more. I'm not going to make you roll for everything because it's, pre- it's there, there's a lot of food on the table. <laughs> yeah. But as you're going around, there are some things that are just kind of not great. It's like a thing or two where you just don't like it. And when you get to stuff that's really gross, does Anima just kind of swallow it down and pretend like she likes it, or is she going to try and subtly spit it out and hope no one notices? Nope, she's gonna... She doesn't want to be rude, she's gonna try and get it down. Okay. Performance check. Oh, shit. Uh... Hmm. Which of these dice has been screwing me over less? Oh, no. What? What's my performance? Where is my sheet? <laughs> Three. Oh no. Mm, hang on, let me. <laughs> I 
Okay, so most of the adults don't really notice, like, some of, like, some of the kids in front of you. One of them definitely does. And there, there's a moment of, oh god, have I offended them? Like, oh no, please don't tell me I offended them. And the kid just kind of, like, gives you a very understanding nod and points to something else on the table. And when you take a bite of that, it's delicious. I give him a thumbs up. Her? Him? <laughs> um, let's just say there's a boy and a girl at the table. Whichever one's in front of me that pointed, I give them a thumbs up. Okay. Just kind of like a giggle, and it's just sort of like general chit-chat around the table, and you are able to find several things that you do like, and you're able to eat your fill. What about Vi and Ferda? What are y'all going for? There probably some familiar things, maybe some of the. I don't think I'd try like the unfamiliar meat per se, at least not without like seeing if someone else gets more of it. But definitely like some of the strange fruits, I would say. The thing that the chieftain goes for first. So I'll watch what he does and then copy him, and I'll I'll have what he's having. <laughs> So are you following Osakes or are you following Korshi, who's at the head of the table? Mm, the head of the table. Yeah, it's Korshi, the female. Okay. You get the feeling they kind of co-lead, in a way. I'm not sure if there's a de facto leader between them, but the others seem to be deferring to them, and she goes for a kind of a couple particular things, and you go for them as well, and they're good, and also probably might kind of point out a couple other things that Korshi may not be going for, and she's like, I try that, it's really good. Ooh, this stuff over here is really spicy. Ooh, spicy. Gimme. <laughs> Holly just knows exactly what she's going for. Or at least she thinks she does. She's just like <laughs> grabbing random stuff. She looks confident. She takes a bite of one fruit and just her face just immediately puckers up and it's almost comical because it's like her face puckers up and her tail just like sticks like straight out for a second there. <laughs> and it takes her a second to regain her composure. Spectre just has to stop in the middle of eating and just starts laughing. Not like laughing out loud, but she's she's just like giggling to herself. <laughs> Once Tali's recovered, she's like, okay, maybe don't try that. And she'll make recommendations to all of you, and it's just that's a nice conversation. Is there anything in particular? conversations anyone wants to bring up not really starting conversation but i am kind of listening out to hear what kind of music's happening there might not be like as much conversation about like what music people are listening to because it's more of the adult table but i don't mean bringing it up in conversation i'm just listening to hear if maybe outside i hear music going on or th- this is just observation stuff, not actual conversation. I catch like catch some of the two teens at the end of the table might just kind of start muttering back and forth about music stuff. Like they aren't really mentioning any names, but you get a feeling if you want to learn more about what kind of music people here listen to, or like any like what their musical preferences are. I'm gonna go with the kids. A lot of the conversation it starts with. How is everyone doing? Like, how long has it been since the plate cropped up? Talking about how they've adapted. Tribe has only been at this location for a couple of generations. 
and they found a way to settle in. And I, after a while, the conversation switches to sort of more general world politics stuff and things like that and different decisions going on, higher level stuff. There's mentions of planets that you're not entirely familiar with. Anima, Vi, anything y'all want to talk about or ask about? I'll mentalness of Callie real quick and ask her I know you mentioned that they're private people would it be okay if I asked about some of their necklaces she just like looks at you and nods and mentalness is like oh of course alright then I'd like to ask a bit about their jewelry their necklaces I'll ask questions about it but yeah sort of get to know more yeah more about them let's say and they're sort of talking about their tribe settling and one of them brings up how they crafted the necklace that was the wishel she that you saw one of them use to summon the horses mm-hmm. that kind of gives you an end to start asking about some, like some of their jewelry and they start explaining some of like the cultural significance of some of the items that they wear, how some of them it's kind of like a rite of passage to earn it, others it's you basically you get a feel for like what kind of things are like probably shouldn't reproduce commercially. Yeah. Yeah. But there's also they talk about some of the more general things, maybe talk about some of like the crafting practices. Okay. Do you share your interest in jewelry, I'm assuming? Yes. When you mention your interests, they shift more towards things that might fit your sort of jewelry business. And they show some pieces that they got that are more decorative than significant and talk about the different styles and things. So you're able to learn and maybe get some ideas for pieces you may want to spark it towards the fall nut people. Okay. And I'm afraid to anything y'all are curious about or any maybe different parts of the conversations you might want to sort of jump in on or honestly mostly just listening okay yeah i'm just kind of along for the ride at this point yes at some point they will start asking questions about the two of you just general what are you interested in what brought you to working and at some point the story of how you were able to rescue the medicine was recounted Spectre and Tally definitely intentionally leave out the part of how they got the information about the theft it's just they make it sound like they decided that they wanted to help deliver the shipment because they knew it could be vulnerable and like someone might try and go after it and you were able to protect it no, they would never steal information from someone's computer and then find out about a planned theft and then decide to dig him over in every way possible. Never. That sounds about par for the course. They just leave that part out. And so the question definitely does come up to the both of you, Farida and Anima, asking about... They're curious to know why you're traveling with the crew of the Opal Star and... Why you're so dedicated to helping people you've never even met before. People in misery are people that are worth helping. 
also don't think at any point it's been mentioned that y'all are from the Federation, so they're just assuming that you were born and raised Alliance. But they, they do seem very touched by your comment, Farida. Enema, do you have anything you want to add? I tell them that the captain rescued me from a very dark place, and now I will follow her wherever she needs me. They seem a little surprised by this. I think Sinnoh is going to be the one, because I think she's probably sitting closer to you. Also, the kids are just kind of the kids stop in the middle of their eating and just kind of stare at you even more just kind of in awe. But Sino looks at you, Anima, and says, Sometimes we all find ourselves in dark places. I'm glad that you have made it out of that place and that you have had friends. Thank you. So am I. Holly's like, Yeah. It really wasn't a nice place where we found them, but sometimes you just can't say no to people that need help, even if they don't realize they need help. And at that, the, like, you kind of feel the rest of them sort of looking at the two of you, Vi and Farida, as they realize that you all may have been in the same place Anima was. Not nearly as bad as Anima. Yeah. If someone else elaborates, that's fine, but I'm not going to elaborate further than that. I'm going to stare at the table or my plate or whatever because this attention is making me very uncomfortable. I feel like at some point the attention is going to kind of shift back to Spectre unless someone wants to say they want to elaborate. Well, they have to choose if they need to say that, if they want to say that or not. I'm assuming that uh, missions into non-alliance territory are not exactly things that the public need to be told about, so. I'm just smiling and saying, no, Anna is now in a much better place than we were. Than we all were. Whole thing was sketchy. Spectra's probably gonna notice the discomfort and change the conversation as attention shifts back to her. Anima, you notice that can in front of you um notice your awkwardness and is like making faces at you, trying to make trying to like get you to smile or laugh. Oh trying to do so covertly. <laughs> I'm gonna make a face back at him. <laughs> Roll me a performance check. <laughs> See if this is a funny face or if the response is, oh no, if I made her angry. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Twelve. He seems like momentarily taken aback before he realizes that you're just making a face back at him. So you guys just sit there making faces back and forth before you hear. Corshi barks really softly. Stop that. He just kind of looks cheapish for a second. She's like, yes, mom. Goes back to his food. And he looks up. I'm gonna, like, mouth sorry at him. <laughs> just giggles and makes another face at you really quick before going back to his food. Now the conversation is kind of like, keep going back and forth until... You didn't think you'd be able to eat most of the food, but most of the food, it does end up getting eaten. There's still some left on the platters, and she's just like, Oh, this worked out. Well, now we can get these delivered over to the people in the medical center. I'm sure now that they're back on their feet, they could use some food. Tally's like, I can help with that. 
Oh, no, no need get taken care of. But we have a bit of a celebration going on. It's a traditional thing. If you would like to go out and watch. Sure. Everyone just kind of like gets up and starts shuffling out. The kids lead the way. Newzak, the one you were kind of bonding with Anima, just like smiles at you were real big. Like he's excited that you get to see this and dashes off. And as you go out, there are a bunch of dancers grouped up in the middle, and it's Spectra explains that it's a traditional celebration of Kavalna, and most tribes practice it, and it's sort of the celebration of the version of a disaster, which a long time ago this illness very well could be, but Thanks to the medicine, it's not as much of an issue now, but they still do celebrate. So, some like seating has been pulled out, and everyone's able to just sort of sit in a circle as the dancers in the middle do their traditional dance, and it's full of just energy and joy. And as this is going on, a bunch of the like little kids start coming out. You notice they are gathering around you, and these are the younger ones, and just staring at you with these big, wide eyes. And anima, especially, they kind of start gathering around you. Like, they just like seem just so enamored and curious. Like you all are the most wonderful thing they've ever seen. How do you guys react to this? As you're sort of watching the dance and you notice that some wide-eyed children are starting to kind of surround you. I'm paying attention to the the performance. Is there are there any special effects? It's my thing. You don't notice a lot of Esper-related special effects, but there are some people who are very expertly if like streamers that they're dancing with, some of them are dancing knives, there might be someone there kind of playing around with fire. Not really a lot of it could just be a traditional choice, it could just be not a lot of them have that ability. But it is rather fascinating to watch, because it's, you can tell from your time as a performer, it's the kind of thing that takes a lot of practice to be able to do right, and it feels very, very natural to them as you watch it. You probably at some point do notice the kids because you you feel like little hands just kind of occasionally very, very gently, just like cutting your hair. You'll hear like step, step, step. Feel a very gentle touch. And then step, step, step as they run away. That's fine. Because your hair looks very soft. And Vilina, how are you reacting? So they came up to us from sort of the front side, at least. You're sitting on benches, so it's... It's not like there's kids sneaking up on you and like they're they're not being stealthy. So like you could hear them walking up behind you, and they're just kind of like really wide-eyed. You don't even know need to roll inside. They're just completely enamored by your blue. <laughs> yep, that I am. One of them's gonna like get up close to you and just be like, "You're so pretty. Are you an angel?" I. Well, thank you. I'm I'm not sure how to answer if I'm an angel or not, but thank you so much for the compliment. I think you're really beautiful, too. 
I've never seen a Volna person before, really. And so it's wonderful just being able to be here. Really? You've never seen us before and you helped us? Yeah. Yeah. Must be an angel. Runs off at that to go tell his friends. You may occasionally feel some of them also just kind of like very carefully touching your hair. They're, you know they're there. Just like very yeah. gentle sort of there may what everyone's will be like a hand on your arm and you're just like, whoa. They're just completely and totally fascinated. <laughs> Anima, how are you reacting to this? I'm going to <sighs> This is making me nervous and I don't know why, because it's not even me. <laughs> I'm gonna pull the tie out of my braid and shake it out. Oh yeah, because you do have the long red hair. Yeah. As you do that, you just kind of hear a, oh. Everyone's all like a little handle, sort of pat your hair. At one point, one of them is going to come up and be like, you look really strong. I have to be, so that I can make sure all of my friends stay safe. Oh, I thought you looked like a protector. You look like you could lift me. This kid looks like he's probably... Not even, like, 80 pounds soaking wet. He's a small kid. I'm pretty sure anyone in the party could pick him up. I'm gonna lean in real close and... Do you think it would be alright if we tried? Just eyes go really wide and he nods. I'm gonna pick him up. Are you gonna do, like, the one-handed pick-up, two-handed pick-up? Two-handed. I'm gonna be careful. You don't have any problem picking this kid up. He, he holds very still for you. And he's also rather soft. He just starts feeling <laughs> Go, can you do it with one hand? He just like wraps his arm around your bicep and like wiggles until you like let him go. Yeah. And then just hangs off of your arm. Just <laughs> giggling. And you see, like, other kids getting really wide-eyed and approaching, and start, like, approaching you, because they're just like, Ooh, she's strong. I wonder if she can lift me. <laughs> if Annabelle's okay with this, some of these kids might kind of start climbing on you like a jungle gym. Feels it, and she tenses, and she holds very still, and she just lets them... <laughs> like, I also imagine you're still sitting down. Uh-huh. So one of the really little ones, with the help of some of the bigger ones, just climbs up to where they're sitting on your shoulders and just kind of like rests their he- head on top of your head. You've got like two hanging on your arm. You can feel them like breaking your hair. <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> At some point, Spectre looks over and just like does a double take when she sees this. As you see, there's also some kids braiding her hair. And some, uh, like, and some of them are just, like, just completely distracted by Tali's tail, which is twitching back and forth. And you see her glancing behind her, and you can tell, like, she, she's, she knows they're back there. She's just letting them have fun with it. So as you're trying to just enjoy this performance, you have children all over you. <laughs> as it's, the performance starts winding down, the children, like, they, they know it's almost over. So they kind of start scattering before their parents can realize what they've been doing. 
they just scatter and go back until like when when the rest of the Volna kind of look to you, like look over to you and see like see how you're doing. No kids to be seen. You get the feeling they're still kind of watching you from the distance. At this point, it's getting pretty dark and they invite you to spend the night. And at first Spectre's like, oh no, that, that won't be necessary. We can spend the night back on our ship. When she says that, Osaiks will say, I'm afraid we don't recommend traveling this late at night. Spectre looks in. Why not? And you hear this crash or something hits the barrier outside. And he's like, why don't we go back into our tent and we'll explain. Inspector gestures for you all to follow. You settle in sitting in a circle. Most of the rest of the group disperses, but Corshi follows him inside. He sits in a chair and she stands behind him. They take you to a different part of the tent. It basically feels more like a sitting room. I want to say they've dragged in enough seats where everyone can sit down, but Corshi opts to stand with her hand on Osaik's shoulder. As he explains that their tribe has had a tradition since moving to this planet. So the Volna have a way of developing a sort of psychic bond with some of, with like large beasts that live on a planet. And since moving to this planet, since there are some that are a little more aggressive sometimes, they have developed a habit of they will find and bond with one to sort of serve as their defender. Like, it's, it's not like they keep it captive. It is still free to go about as it normally would. It just, once they bond with it, it feels sort of a need to protect them. So they basically find a big beast to scare all the other big beasts. Mm-hmm. And their last one passed recently. And due to the illness that hit, they have not been able to find and connect with another one. And even though they now have the medicine, they're still not quite strong enough to do it themselves. Sykes says, we regret to ask more of you after you've already done so much, but I'm not sure how much longer defenses can stand against the creature. We have found one that we could bond with, but some of the others that start to attack, we're not sure how much longer we can keep our people safe, even with our defenses. We can help provide some backup distracting the creature, but if you could help the device on the creature that allows us to develop the bond, you would be saving us once more and we would be forever in your debt. Basically, how he explained it, the psychic bond, it's kind of like imprinting. Yeah. To make sure that I heard this right, that creature is currently outside attacking the dome, right? You're not sure if that's the one that's attacking or if some big thing just accidentally ran into the dome? Uh, there is some aggressive thing that is making itself known. I'll look at the captain with the, the look of, hey, can we go have some fun? to you. There's not much I can do in direct combat, but I can provide backup. Okay, you can leave the combat to the silly people here. How do the rest of you feel about this? Sure. I'm not 
sure how much help I can personally be, but um Dexterous. Dexterity is yeah. helpful. Yeah. But I don't have a lot of strength. What all is entailed in hooking up this device onto the creature? There's a device that you can place either on the creature's head, they just just kind of like put a crown on, or it can also be wrapped around the neck. Closer to the head, the better. We prefer to not have to render it unconscious before placing the device on. Very little chance that this can be done without sun injury being done, but then they can sort of help heal the creature back. But the device needs to somehow be placed on its head. And Spectra explains that she has a sniper rifle that can be laced with... Actually, no, she doesn't have it, but they do have a sort of makeshift sniper rifle that fires trank darts. And Spectra says that she can post up in one of their vantage points and help sort of tranquilize it a bit if it starts getting too out of hand. They know ways to sort of confuse and disorientate this beast. They just don't have anyone that would be strong enough to hold it down or dexterous enough to like be able to safely get on it to back put the device on its head. Uh, Chieftain, a question about the the rumbling that we just heard. Was that an accidental thing or is that an attack on this dome? This early in the night's probably one of the smaller of the creatures. Not the creature we're looking for, but the more time has passed since our last defender died, the more creatures have tried to test themselves against our defenses. The creature will be coming later. Chieftain, can you explain what this creature is like? How it maybe attacks? This creature does have a large horn on its head, which it can use to pierce or sometimes gore other creatures, and it also has a rather fearsome bite. Those are the things I would worry about the most. It is a rather large beast that can prove rather strong. It's not particularly smart, and it sees very well in the dark. Have a few hours before it will be close enough to engage with, but we would very much appreciate your help and we'll provide whatever assistance we can. I'm down. What about y'all? Sure, let's try it. Of course, I'm totally in. Though I'll probably be a better use for emergency medic. Yes, and I can provide backup from afar if things get too much out of hand. We're doing this tomorrow or tonight. Or she answers. The creature will be here in a few hours, so we have some time to get things set up and get those who can help provide distraction a chance to get ready to provide that distraction. Wonderful. Let's go tame a beast, shall we? Thank you for joining us and stay tuned next time to find out what happens on board the Opal Star. If you don't want to wait, you can get early access to our episodes over at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial. If you like our show, please consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcasting app so people can know where to find us. We couldn't do this without your help. Aboard the Opal Star is a production of Pseudonym Social, changing reality one story at a time. It is DM'd and produced by me, Brianna Toiber. I'm Casey, and I'm playing 
Anima the Ashenforged. Victor, I'm playing Farida the Promethean. My name is Alexis, and I am playing Mylena Sorel the Eldori. With music by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. To get more information on this or any of our other shows, check out our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com.